Hello, and welcome back to the Sing Anyway podcast. My name is Anna. I'm a voice teacher and recovering burnt out artist, and this is episode six. Hey, y'all, welcome back. Please excuse my sort of tired voice today. I've been doing so much talking and so much teaching, which is amazing. So that's something to celebrate. So today is going to be a little bit more of a free format episode, but I'm still going to use the book Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. I read a chapter, I've read this book before, but I'm sort of going through rereading it as the person I am now versus the person I was when I left um, my DMA program. So I wanted to talk a little bit about something that they call the monitor. And so we're going to kind of intersperse quotes in and out of this episode, and I'm going to sort of discuss how it applies to me right now and maybe how it might apply to your own life. So they write, the monitor is the brain mechanism that manages the gap between where we are and where we are going. The monitor knows, one, what your goal is, two, how much effort you're investing in that goal, and three, how much progress you're making. It keeps a running tally of your effort to progress ratio, and it has a strong opinion about what that ratio should be. There are so many ways a plan can go wrong, some of which you can control and some of which you can't, all of which will frustrate your monitor. They say less effort and more progress equals satisfied monitor. And high investment and little progress equals ragey monitor. So. The reason I'm bringing this up this week is because in my own life, I feel like many times when I start a new thing, especially music related, I get extremely frustrated because it feels like the amount of effort I'm putting in does not equal the amount of progress I'm making. So I tend to get frustrated very quickly with a lot of projects. And that's something that I know that I'm not alone in struggling with. And I think this is specifically a women's issue. I, I, of course, I think all genders struggle with this, but I think in our society at large, women are sort of not necessarily encouraged or allowed to not be perfect, to struggle, to make mistakes, to try new things and be bad at them. I feel like that's more of a permission that we grant to men. And so many of the times that I talk to people, it's women telling me like, oh, yeah, like I feel you. I'm so frustrated. I can never learn new things because I'm just so down on myself when I'm not making the progress that I think I should be making. So this is especially on my mind right now because I am teaching myself how to play acoustic guitar. And I already feel my body tensing up when I talk about this because it has been a bit of a struggle at the the beginning. I'm still at the very beginning stages. And I sort of braced myself going into this knowing knowing that I probably would get frustrated and being really annoyed (laughs) because I don't want to be frustrated, but it's part of the thing. So number one frustration is... I am struggling with finding a comfortable position to hold the guitar. So because I have a larger body, 
a lot of guitars are not working for me. And I'll explain kind of why if you're a person in a smaller body and you don't really understand why it would be hard. So I have a larger stomach that sort of sits on the top of my thighs. That's number one. Number two, although I do have a larger body, I have a pretty small frame. So my arms are pretty short, my hands are pretty small, and I'm like 5'2", so I'm just generally kind of like a petite person. I also have a larger chest. So all of these things in conjunction make it really difficult to A, hold the neck of the guitar to play chords. I feel like I'm really struggling and getting shoulder pain on the left hand because I have to um, extend my arm so much. And then also, the guitar doesn't sit super comfortably on my lap because my stomach is larger. And so then when I need to tilt the guitar to like look at the fretboard because I'm learning, it's really difficult to maneuver. I've tried standing up with a strap. That's a little bit better, but it's not perfect and I'm still having some pain. So there's a lot of things interspersed in this. I think a couple things are, I tried to learn guitar when I was 15 and was immensely frustrated by it. I wanted to learn the song 15 by Taylor Swift. And yeah, it, 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 was, it was too hard for me at that time. I should have just started with learning some basic chords and not diving right into a song like that. Because even though most of Taylor Swift's songs are only four chords, it's still a song instead of just learning some basics. I didn't really have any guidance, and so it was just a frustrating and overwhelming experience, and I was like, I guess I'm just too stupid to play guitar, is really how it ended up. So that's number one. Number two is, I was in a smaller body when I was 15, so I did not have any of the issues that I'm having now. There is a lot of, I still have so much internalized um, anti-fat, bias and feelings so there is a a part of this that feels like your body is too big to play this instrument which i know is not true i've seen other fat people playing guitar i know there's a way i just think it's going to take a little bit more trial and error as opposed to just being able to pick up a guitar as a smaller bodied person and be comfortable with it so there's there's a lot of thoughts going on in my mind that I have to be really gentle with. Like, I cannot blame this on my body. The guitar is the guitar. So I, a part of me is frustrated because I wish there was more, there are more plus size people talking about this online or even more guitar teachers because I'm looking for resources of like, why can't I hold this guitar? What should I be doing? Luckily, I've had a couple people um, DM me on my Instagram and say like, hey, you might want to try using a smaller guitar with like a smaller body. That way you're not having to strain your shoulder and hand so much. So I think I'm going to try that. Um, it's just now I'm dealing with the anxiety of, okay, I'm going to go buy this smaller guitar. And what if it still doesn't work? And what if it doesn't? You know, there are other options. I think I could start out with ukulele and try that and then, you know, maybe explore some other options on piano and maybe return to guitar when it feels a little less sensitive. But I, I do think ordering a smaller guitar is going to be the thing that's hopefully going to work. So that's that's number one frustration. Um, I sat down with the guitar the other day and um, again, immediately started trying to learn a different Taylor Swift song. 
Not the same one that I tried to learn when I was 15. And again, I started getting frustrated because a lot of the chords were just too hard for me to play because I don't know how to play guitar. <laughs> so I felt myself getting frustrated. And I, I want to share this moment because it was a really big sign of growth for me. So instead of just diving headfirst into learning a song, I decided to actually pull back and just learn um, some basic chords. So I found this free resource online, I think it's called National Guitar Academy, and they had this wonderful PDF of what they call like stepping stone chords. So they give you the easy version of the chord and then they give you the full version of the chord. So I practiced that and that was so much easier. And then I felt like I actually accomplished something. So I'm gonna go on back to the book and read some more. This is the section that says, dealing with stressors you can control, planful problem solving. They write, when a lot of effort fails to produce a satisfying amount of progress, we can change the kind of effort we're investing. So that's the example that I just shared with you. Instead of trying to learn a full song, I used this planful problem solving and decided to just learn a couple chords outside of the context of a song. They go on to say, you analyze the problem, you make a plan based on your analysis, and then you execute the plan. That's what I did. And I felt like I did that really well. And that actually came really natural to me this time, which I can only dedicate to being in therapy because I tried to be really, really gentle with myself during this process, even though I was also feeling frustrated. So that's, an, that's one way that you can kind of deal with the stressors you can control. So for me, I could control what I learned on guitar. So instead of forcing myself to do something that I knew was just going to keep making me frustrated, I decided to use what the Nagoski sisters call planful problem solving. And so I just adjusted what I was doing. And then the second thing that they write about is dealing with stressors you can't control using positive reappraisal. So they write, positive reappraisal involves recognizing that sitting in traffic is worth it. So they use an example earlier about being frustrated that you're sitting in traffic. They say, it means deciding that the effort, the discomfort, the frustration, the unanticipated obstacles, and even the repeated failure have value not just because they are steps toward a worthwhile goal, but because you reframe difficulties as opportunities for growth and learning. I don't know about y'all, but I needed to hear that. Reframing difficulties as opportunities for growth and learning. Whenever I have a difficulty, I think of it as a failure on my part. So I just, I really want you to hear those words. Now, as a, as a caveat, this is not toxic positivity, right? This is just reframing this difficult thing as something that you know is eventually going to lead to your growth. Then they go on to say, with positive reappraisal, you can acknowledge when things are difficult and you recognize that the difficulty is worth it. It is in fact an opportunity. So in my notes, I wrote next to that validation. This is something that I talk a lot about on my page about just validating your experience. So instead of being like, I suck at guitar, I'm never gonna get it. How about in turn we say, gosh, it makes sense that this is hard. This is a new thing that I'm learning and it's difficult and it makes sense that I feel frustrated right now because it's frustrating. 
there's so much power in just validating your experience. So that just made me think of that and I wanted to share that with you all. So they go on to say, when something feels uncomfortable, you're probably doing something that creates more and better progress than if it were easy. So I know we've heard this a million times, but doing the easy, comfortable thing is not where the growth happens, right? Doing the frustrating, difficult thing is where our growth happens. They go on to say, in fact, there is a distinct downside to effort that is too effortless. When a task feels easy, we feel more confident about our ability to perform that task, even though we are actually more likely to fail. It's just so ironic, isn't it? So then they go on to talk about um, struggle and how it actually increases creativity and learning and strengthens our capacity to cope with greater difficulty and stress in the future. And I think that's beautiful. As somebody that really struggles with my um, managing stress um, and my capacity for it, I think remembering that struggle is something that really can help you along the line have a higher tolerance. And I'm not necessarily saying having a higher tolerance for stress is good, but being able to learn how to manage those things is really beneficial, I think, forever for all of us. So the next section that I'm going to talk about is what they call redefining winning. And they talk about how they use an example about climbing Mount Everest and like once you're, you know, going up the mountain and you're like, oh, this is going faster than I thought. And then it starts to get difficult. That's when your monitor starts to freak out. (laughs) So for me, it was like I was sitting down to play guitar and I could play the first chord. And I was like, oh, this is so easy. And then I go on to play G minor chord. And I'm like, oh, okay, now this is hard again. And that's when I started to get frustrated. Then they go on to say, but if you begin the climb of Mount Everest, knowing ahead of time that it's going to be the most difficult thing you've ever done, then when it begins to get difficult, your monitor will recognize that without getting frustrated. It's just a difficult goal, so it's normal that you're struggling. Again, the validation. They go on to say, if you're trying to do something where you will inevitably fail and be rejected repeatedly before you achieve your goal, I'm talking about singing, um, sending in audition tapes, then you will need a non-standard relationship with winning, focusing on incremental goals. That is important for all of my singers out there because this is an industry where you are rejected repeatedly and you fail over and over again. So they talk about incremental goals to help keep your monitor satisfied. And their guidelines are soon, certain, positive, concrete, specific, and personal. So soon means your goal should be achievable without requiring patience. Certain, your goal should be within your control. Positive, it should be something that feels good, not just something that avoids suffering. Concrete, measurable. Specific, not general, and personal, tailor your goal. So those are some guidelines that you can use as you make your incremental goals for yourself. So we've just finished the redefining winning section. Now we're going to redefine failing. So they say, widen your focus to see the inadvertent benefits you stumble across along the way. This sort of reframing makes failing almost impossible, since it acknowledges that there is more to success than winning. There is more to success than winning. 
I'm going to say it one more time. There is more to success than winning. So the guitar, for example, I can make success look like me learning five chords by the end of next week and being able to switch um, between chords at a semi-fast pace. That's success. Old version of me would have said, you can't be successful on this until you're able to strum in rhythm, learn a Taylor Swift song, and sing it at the same time. Whoa, that's a lot of factors at play. I'm, of course I'm going to fail. <laughs> and of course I'm, I'm probably going to give up before I even get there because I'm too frustrated to keep practicing. This is so important when we're trying new things, but it's also important for singing. Make a small goal. Keep it achievable without requiring patience. I think that's a really, really good piece of advice that they write in here. And then they write, part of recovering from a loss or a failure is turning towards your grief with kindness and compassion as well as completing the cycle of stress brought on by failure. But another part is recognizing failings unintended positive outcomes. <sighs> so we end, of course, with kindness and compassion. And I'm sure you all are like rolling your eyes at this point because if you follow me online, then you know that I'm constantly talking about ways to show ourselves um, self-compassion. It's tough. It's really hard. And I think the biggest thing that's helped me is treating myself like a small child and not in an infantilizing way, but in a way that is so supportive and compassionate and encouraging. It is extremely vulnerable to learn new things. For me, that's guitar. It's also extremely vulnerable to sing it's really easy for our monitors to get frustrated because they feel like we're putting in so much effort and not progressing as fast as we would like. Really take these words to heart about that incremental goal setting. I think I'm going to use it for guitar. It's so incredibly important. I think I'm going to wrap up here. This has been a really great episode. I'm so happy to share these findings with you. And I would love to hear from you on Instagram. If you're listening to the podcast, you can feel free to screenshot it, share it on your story and tag me and share it with friends. And if you really, really like it, feel free to rate and review and we will see each other next week. Love y'all.